This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you so much for joining us on another interview, a pre-record. And it's absolutely wonderful to have Phelan McCuller with us today. Phelan, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure to, to chat with you. Great to have you on. And I had the, the privilege of hearing and meeting Phelan over in LA in June, I think it was, with the American Freedom Alliance Conference. And any friend of the AFA, AFA is a very good friend of ours. So great to have you on, Phelan. Obviously, the links are there. At Phelan McCuller is uh, Phelan's Twitter feed. So you can jump on that and follow him there. And unreportedstorysociety.com, you can find all of the documentaries, the films, everything that uh, the film has put together, you can find there. So I'd encourage you to make use. And if you're listening on Podbean or the podcasting apps, everything is in the description. Of course, we're going to also look at My Son Hunter, which has just been released, mysonhunter.com. You can find that there. But if I can just give a, a quick introduction. Phelan is a, a filmmaker, New York Times bestselling author, um, along with his wife. Well, they cross the divide with his wife. Phelan is from the north, from Northern Ireland, and Anne is from the Republic of Ireland. Um, he is, of course, from the other side of Loch Ness, so far away from my growing up experience of Carrickfergus. Um, but they have produced many documentaries together. They have produced Frack Nation, which, of course, is a big issue at the moment in the UK with the new government looking at fracking. Uh, Not Evil, Just Wrong and Mind Your Own Business. They produced Grosnell, the trial of America's biggest serial killer. I remember watching that as the court case was happening. And, of course, more recently, this month, beginning of this month, is My Son Hunter. So there's a lot to look into. Um, Now, Phelan, you... I guess, worked for mainstream publications. You worked for the Sunday Times. Uh, You worked for the FT uh, over in Eastern Europe. And I spent a number of years in Bulgaria. So that'd be interesting conversation. But I I guess you went rogue at some point. Do you want to just give us an overview of your background? And I guess when you decided that you wanted to leave, I guess, the legacy media, that mainstream media behind and do something different? Well... I worked for the Irish News in Belfast. I worked for the Cross Midland Examiner in Cross Midland during the Troubles. Then I went to the Sunday Times and then the Financial Times and The Economist. And funny, it was almost by accident. Um, uh, the, the FT closed their offices in Eastern Europe. And the normal procedure then is to go home or to go to London and, and pick up work there. But I decided to stay on in Romania. And... One of the first things I did was make a documentary about a story that I'd covered for the FT. And uh, it was uh, it was a documentary called Mind Your Own Business. And the I mean, the, the story was very, very interesting. It was about a Canadian company that wanted to open a gold mine mm-hmm. in Transylvania and Romania. And I remember going up there thinking this is a very easy story to write. It's Transylvania. It's a gold mine. You know, and they're going to destroy the village. Vampires is going to be in the headline sucking the blood out of this rural community. And I got up there and, yeah, the company was going to um, 
destroy the village. Uh, but they were going to build people homes nearby, new modern homes. And they built a model home in the middle of the village to show people this is where you could be living. And we went in uh, and uh, there was a woman, an 86-year-old, I'll never forget, an 86-year-old woman crying in the middle of the uh, uh, of the the home, uh, uh, the model home. And we said, why are you crying? Is it because of the evil mining company? She goes, no, I just hope I live long enough to live in a house like this. Now, she never did. She never got that house because the environmental movement, two rich kids, one from Switzerland, one from Belgium, stopped that mine, uh, brought in the EU, the World Bank, all that, stopped the mine. And I think then my journalism, I had to make the decision then with journalism, whose side are you on? So many journalists are on the rich kid environmentalist side. Uh, I thought I thought it was better to tell the story of the 86-year-old woman who'd so, suffered the Second World War, who'd suffered communism, who'd suffered the transfer to capitalism, uh, and is now living in a home with no running water still and has this chance to have a house with power showers uh, and and heating and insulation. And uh, I thought I would, it's better to tell her story than to tell the story of two rich kids who want to stop progress. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, let's jump into your latest project. I wanna, we'll, we'll finish on maybe Gosnell if we have time. But mm -hmm. um, my son, Hunter, I've uh, had uh, watched the trailer of it. Obviously, you've Lawrence Fox involved in that. Um, and John James of Disney fame. I remember growing up watching on RTE Dallas and Disney when Dynasty. I was a kid. Dynasty. <laughs> Dynasty, yeah. Watching yeah. Dallas and Dynasty as a kid. Um, so I, I remember both of those vividly. Um, but tell us about this project because you're, you've obviously gone up against institutions. You've gone up against, uh, I guess, big interests uh, here you've gone up against actually no bigger than the, the president himself, Joe Biden, his family. T tell us how this kind of idea maybe came about. Tell us about that. Well, it's, no, it's not an act of genius, right? Uh, the president's son or the, or the vice president's son who's running for president uh, has his laptop, uh, leaves his laptop in a repair shop, and on the laptop are admissions of sex, drugs, rock and roll, corruption, power, Washington power politics, the, the president being cut in for 10%, the president being cut in for 50%, um, exotic locations, Ukraine, China, Russia, D.C., the Shadow Marmont Hotel, uh, you know, need I go? I mean, it's, it, it writes itself. It's, it's a brilliant story. And, you know, I, 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 funny, it was very similar to Gosnell. We were very, very, very worried when we were planning the Gosnell movie and planning to raise the money for it. We were going, we have to get this done now because someone else is going to do it. Of course, we didn't realize no one else was going to do it. No one. Um, it just, you know, the mainstream won't do it. The mainstream media will not do it. Big tech, big Hollywood. They want to suppress this story. So this was a story that was suppressed before that. Oh, yeah. And then we had a, a cover-up as well, a classic DC cover-up, DC big media, big tech cover-up, big politics. So it was a story that was just could almost wrote itself. So that you know, we were just sitting around going, "Well, uh, you know, if they're not going to do it, we have to do it." 
tell tell us about that because you uh i believe you correct me if i'm wrong believe you co-wrote it um tell me what that was like putting this together because as you delve deeper you find wow this goes further this goes deeper there's so many alleys to go down um yeah give us a kind of insight into that writing experience well no i didn't write it i didn't co-write it okay. I, I read it as a, as as part of the story uh making the story i think that's a fair credit uh, in a sense i said to the right the writer brian gadawa you know yeah. This is the story, you know, this is, I mean, the story almost writes itself, but here's, here's some things we have to hit, we should hit, you know, this, this, and this, and this, um, you know, and, and maybe, and, you know, maybe I suggested the idea that he, it's a stripper because he's, he's, he loves strippers. He, he had affairs with strippers. He was confessional with strippers. I mean, you know, so let's have it as a confessional to a stripper. And then Brian just did his magic then. Uh, and, uh, and then to be fair, Robert Davy came in and did a lot of writing as well. And took what what Brian had written and pumped it up cinematically, theatrically, dramatically, um, and uh, came up with this wonderful tableau, this colourful, um, uh, interesting story about the son of the president of the United States and his dodgy dealings and the president's dodgy dealings. Um, when you say pump up, there there isn't a lot to pump up. I mean, it's it's quite shocking. Um, many parts of it are shocking how it's been reported or not been reported on, but simply the story itself of Biden being one of the longest serving senators in the US and his son off doing whatever he wanted to do um, mm-hmm. and all these kickbacks. So what was, as you sat down and decided we're going to put this together, um, what was that like? Well, you see, so, but corruption is pretty boring in many ways, right? I mean, because it's signing documents. I mean, they were very blatant about their corruption. Like he was getting $83,000 a month for five years for being on the board of Burisma. But that was all documented. Um, he had no experience. in East, Burisma was a Ukrainian oil and gas company. He had no experience in the Ukraine, no experience in Eastern Europe, no experience of oil and gas, no experience of being on a board. But they felt... Uh, and Joe Biden was the foreign policy guy on the Ukraine. So, you know, his son was getting millions a year and uh, Joe was, was in charge of policy. So it was a very, very nice deal for everyone. So, um, you know, the, 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 but but signing the Burisma documents and signing, he was involved in all these Chinese deals for money, and the mayor of Moscow sent him three million dollars. Mayor of Moscow's wife sent him three million dollars. The former mayor of Moscow's wife, and it's like, how do you make that dramatic? And I suppose that's what Robert did. Rob, you know, how do you make that interesting? How do you tell that story without having just, you know, how do you? I mean, it was it was as bland, by the way, as a couple of phone calls, and suddenly he'd get a wire transfer for three million dollars. Uh, you know, he would get gifts of eighty thousand diamond rings. Hundred a credit card with a hundred thousand on it, but but how do you dramatize that? So you have to make that interesting, and that's that's the challenge that I think the director tackled and tackled really well. Of course, it's probably not easy to get. I mean, you've got Lawrence Fox is uh, Hunter Biden, and John James is Joe Biden. Uh, what was that like for getting people to go against? I guess the the White House to go against Joe Biden. Well, Lawrence was great. Uh, no, no hesitation there at all. Um, John James was the same too. I mean, 
it's a great role for John. It's a great role, you know, playing Joe Biden, having fun with that. I mean, they like actors like these difficult roles. And I mean, it's, it's not that it's difficult, but it's very hard to play a living person who yeah. everyone on the planet recognizes. Yeah. And you were over there in what was a Serbia. I saw Loza posting that he was over there in Serbia filming for a month or so. Yeah. Um, you, you've obviously filmed with with Gosnell. You've done that. Uh, you were out Serbia. What, what was that kind of experience like over there? Well, Serbia was great, actually, because, you know, we weren't faced with the possibility of booking a location, left us finding out about it and arriving and finding that the location yeah. was shut down. Yeah. Or there was a protest, or the landlord or the city had blocked our permits, or any you know these things happen no matter where you are. So uh, in the U in the US, so that wasn't an issue in Serbia. We thought we'd be out of the the mainstream, uh, you know, hidden away. But we, but we didn't know that Hunter Biden's reach is long, and yeah. uh, uh, he. So when we were there, a documentary film crew came along, and they were making a documentary, and they wanted access to the set, and they wanted to interview us. Turns out the documentary film crew was actually Hunter Biden's lawyer and two associates secretly gathering information about the project. What was that? That was obviously with with Gosnell. That wouldn't have been the case. He was in jail. This was very different. So this was very different. You were going, I guess, at the heart of the American political system. Um, so obviously you find out about that later on. Yeah, yeah. A huge, huge don't like a huge shock i mean to me i mean uh, to me it, it just it, it just smacks of unethical behavior by a lawyer but then i suppose when you're representing hunter biden uh maybe you're not the world's greatest lawyer you know uh or maybe ethics aren't, aren't that important to you i don't know i don't want to speak for him but you know i've looked at uh ethics and i'm, I'm sure you've many lawyers out there who listen to you it's like you cannot represent yourself as a documentary filmmaker while gathering evidence for your client. Uh, you cannot interview people, talk to people, question them for four hours as they did with me, without me having a lawyer present or without me knowing that you're a lawyer gathering evidence for your client. Uh, so I think I was just shocked by the brazenness of it, shocked by the, the idea that they would get away with it, the idea that they would do it. Shocked by how much money they were prepared to spend, they flew to Serbia on a private jet. That's a couple of hundred thousand dollars yeah. just off. They stayed in hotels. They, you know, money was no object. And uh, you know these, uh, you know, so it, it was a huge, huge shock. And uh, I tell you, it's made me think about the world slightly differently. Did you not think twice about really trying to piss off Joe Biden? It's not the wisest of things. Did you sit back and think, I don't know if this is worthwhile or not? Funny, I didn't. Maybe I should have, you know, <laughs> but I didn't, no. Um, well, what about the actual release? Because Breitbart have released it. Um, and I guess that's an issue with, you probably found before with Gosnell, but it's an issue with a product that actually they're, most of the mainstream media, the press, they don't want to put this out. So you suddenly find roadblocks in distributing yeah. it. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, look, the amount of media we've got from this movie is, 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 I, I, somebody said it's the most talked about movie uh, after Don't Worry Darling. That's the uh, Olivia Wilde, Florence 
Pugh, Harry Styles. So it's, it is it is right up there. It's the most talked about movie of the moment, right? And uh, we we offered this movie to all all the familiar faces, all the, all the people you know, all the names that you, you know, all the studios, all the streamers. No, it doesn't fit our genre. Doesn't do this. Doesn't. And I'm going like you know, look. Listen, you know, maybe maybe at the time that, but but now, do they not look at it and go, God, we could be we could be right in the middle of all that publicity. We could, you know, have people who are not, um, who are not subscribers subscribing just to see this movie. And it's a it's a worldwide story as well, not just a uh, not just a local story. So, look, we're we actually are very happy to go with Breitbart because I knew Andrew Breitbart well and. Uh, this is a Breitbart movie. This is an Andrew Breitbart movie. Irreverent, funny, uh, you know, doesn't care, tells the truth, but be damned, and is a bit naughty as well. Absolutely. Tell us about the funding, because I think you did you crowdfund for this, I think. Um, yes. What, what, yes. what was that? Because, again, big backers, they don't want to be tainted by yes. such a thing. So what was that like? <sighs> Well, we, I mean, we've had experience. We've crowdfunded our uh, fracking documentary. We crowdfunded our uh, uh, Gosnell movie, 30,000 people, raised 2.3 million. And then we, we crowdfunded this. So we, we have a database. We have experience in this. We've done it. It's always more difficult than I think than it should be. I always think, like, guys, come on. Like, we did Frack Nation. You loved it. We did Gosnell. You loved it. Throw money at us now, and we'll make this, and you'll and we'll guarantee you love it. And it's like they do, they do love it. But I just wish they would. I just wish people would almost give us, put us on their on a retainer, and say, like, <laughs> "I'm going to send you money every year." I know you'll do good with it. Uh, <laughs> I wish that was the case. Mm. Um, it, it's out now. It was released, I think, was the seventh of September. And yes. um, I mean, what what is that like as someone who's been involved in? telling a huge project, telling the truth, telling the other side, getting the story out, and it goes out, it's released in the wild, and you sit back uh, and you think, wow, it, it's out. I mean, it must be a sense of satisfaction for you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's always good to let your baby go, and then it's funny, you let your baby go, and suddenly it's it's not your baby anymore. People put their own interpretation on it. Of course, obviously, the leftist media are are spending hundreds of thousands of words i'm not exaggerating <laughs> hundreds of thousands of words trying to tell people not to watch this like one guy one hal sparks a stand-up comedian had a podcast where he spent five hours going through the movie frame by frame to tell you not to watch it uh the guardian wrote two thousand words without seeing it the daily cost wrote three thousand words without seeing wow. it uh the guardian's written about it twice the daily beast has written about it four times i mean we are this is this is the movie they don't want you to see. This is the story they didn't want you to read. Uh, or this is the story they didn't want you to know about. Now it's the movie they don't want you to see. And there's a reason for that. That's why. So that's why people need to watch it and need to send the link to their friends. Um, it's uh, what is it? I guess you get that massive. Uh, kickback, uh, that huge negative response uh, from the the mainstream media, um, and I guess this is about not making money it's about putting across a story i mean your projects are about things that you're passionate about you want to get the message across uh you think of filmmaking as generating money but actually this is about putting out a story yeah i mean you know it's it's um at the moment that the infrastructure isn't there 
to make to really get to get the funding you know to get your production budget back you know it's 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 tough it's tough um no this this one has been very 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 successful actually to be fair but you know in general it's a it's a you know movie making is, is an expensive business and uh we we've had we've had a, a good time and we had a good story but you know not all the time you know I mean, the Queen died in the middle of our launch, you know, that sucked a lot of the publicity out of it. So, you know, you're always up against things. And uh, at the moment, there's just not the same infrastructure. Uh, I mean, if you're a leftist and you produce a movie about Donald Trump, Netflix will buy it for you yeah. for for your budget plus 20%. You know, yeah, Amazon Prime, maybe you'll get a billing more and you'll get more. So, you know, it's it's a factory there. They can just people can just keep producing, and uh, they're they're happy. We don't have that on the right. No, absolutely. Um, that's why I need people like Breitbart, I guess, for this. Yeah. Um, tell us. So it's a mysonhunter.com. People can go to the website uh, and they can they can buy it. They can watch the trailer. Uh, just put that out so how people can get access to it. Yeah. So it's yeah mysonhunter.com. Um, go there. It's $22. Um, it, it's to help us make more movies. It's to help us produce more content. We, we produce plays as well. I did a play about the Ferguson story, Michael, the shooting of Michael Brown, uh, using only the actual testimony from the grand jury, a verbatim play. We did a podcast about Gosnell, uh, serial, go to Serial Killer Pod. That'll, that'll take you to the Gosnell podcast. It was, the, it was a number in the top 10 true crime podcasts. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's an appetite for the truth out there, but we just need people to send links around and join the, join the party. Um, let me spend a few minutes just talking to you about Gosnell, because that's, uh, I mean, personally, the whole uh, pro-life issue is uh, very important to me. You've got the Hunter Biden, you've got corruption. That's one level, but actually the the Gosnell story of an individual carrying that out. And you actually wrote the book. It was a, a, a New York Times bestseller. Um, maybe just can we can we talk about that as, as we kind of wrap up and let our viewers know why you wanted to tell that story as well? Well, it was exactly the same. I mean, the Gosnell story was not covered by the mainstream media, even though it was an, it was an amazing story. It was, it's mm -hmm. set in Philadelphia. Uh, his victims were, were African Americans, immigrants. He killed two women, an African American and an immigrant woman. Um, it, uh, it was about abortion. Uh, it was murder. It was true crime. You know what more could you ask for? Right? It was a bit of a hot topic, uh, but the media didn't want to cover this because they didn't want to shine a spotlight, a negative spotlight on abortion. So, so when we saw that, we were going, "Well, this is a movie. This is a true crime movie." Uh, somebody's going to do it. And then we looked around and realized, well, nobody's going to do it. So I guess we gonna, we have to do it. And that was the story. Um, what was, uh, I guess, when that went out, you'd, what, you'd Dean Cain involved in that? I mean, wow, you, Andrew Clavin had had written it. Um, you obviously had big names involved. Uh, what was what was that like, kind of putting those people together? Well, funny, you know, money solves a lot of problems. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, we're, they're all professionals, right? And yeah. uh, and by the way, a lot of people will will help you out voluntarily, and and but you know, and, and do you favors. There's definitely a lot of that going around. But ultimately, too, they ha they have to pay their bills, uh, and uh, and you know, 
and you can't ask them to work for nothing and because they're turning away paying jobs so so money help when we raise the money then funny things fall into line pretty quickly it's not it's difficult to make a movie but you know it's it's like any of these big projects if you're building a big house or something there's a lot of moving parts but there's a lot if you hire professional people they can work them out themselves so it's it's all about raising the money and having a good script and hopefully then hire professional people with that money but you get professional people because you have a good script as well. Well, you'd obviously written a book. So is it, when you're finishing a book, are you automatically thinking of how to make that available on the screen as a movie? No, um, no, funny. The, the, the book, uh, Anne, who's the co-writer and co-producer of the book and, and has done all, the lion's share of the work actually on the Gosnell story, Anne, my wife, she actually was speaking. We 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 advertised on Salem Radio a lot to yep. raise money uh, for Gosnell, and uh, she then and we were successful. She the, the, Salem invited her to speak okay. at a convention of managers uh, of Salem and Salem owned the publishing house Regnery, and the publisher and we were well into making the movie or doing the research for the movie at that stage. And the publisher was there in the room when Anne spoke and came up afterwards and said, this is a book. You've got to write a book on this. So Anne did. We did. What was that like? Because actually, go around and you talk. I, I saw you, obviously, at American Freedom Alliance. I mean, Anne has spoken at CPAC numerous times. Um, you've spoken at Heritage Foundation. Uh, what is that? Because that's, I guess, moving away from the filmmaking business of putting that information out actually speaking at those events um and i guess uh, that's the promotion of it yes. uh, what, what's that like kind of as you make a product you're you finish that but then you're kind of wheeled out and engaging with people at conferences of that tell us about what that's like yeah, well, one thing i would say to people is you know when you do a book or a movie it's very draining takes a lot of energy. I would say, but please, please, please save some money and some energy for marketing, right? Because if you make a great movie or write a great book or a great play and no one sees it, then it's a waste. You've got to save money. You got When you're raising the budget, you've got to put money aside uh, for marketing and you've got to put money aside, energy aside for the marketing. And, you know, that you're going to have to travel a lot. You're going to go to speeches. You're going to be out there pitching. You're going to see conferences on. You're going to have to write to them, cold call them and say, I'd love to go and show some clips from my movie or speak about the movie and they'll get all rejections and sometimes you'll get acceptances. But, you know, it's a it's a slog, but I, I enjoy it. It's good to talk about the things that you've done, you know, uh, but it, it can, it can you know, it can take it out of you. Um, just finally, tell us what people will find going to, unreportedstorysociety.com uh, what will they kind of find on the website oh, well, they'll find links uh, to all our work, Frack Nation my, uh, my Son Hunter uh, Mind Your Own Business Ferguson, uh, we did the Gosnell Play as well, we did the podcast they'll find all, all our greatest hits basically and uh, hopefully they'll have some uh, a good time there uh, I know they will because I've enjoyed looking through it so Phelan Thank you for your time. And I know that our viewers will go and look at unreportedstoriesociety.com. All the links in the description. And we'll go and have a look at mysonhunter.com as well. Um, 
and uh, well done for putting this together, the My Son Hunter, because many people, I think, were scratching their heads when it first came out. And mm. It's wonderful for you to actually put everything together and make it available to the public. Uh, I think we we all read bits of stories here and there, um, and you've taken and put in that together and made it to the public. So thank you for putting all that together. No, no, thank you, Peter. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, mostly. Um, <laughs> For mysonhunter.com, thanks. Absolutely. Well, to our viewers and listeners, everything is in the description. Make sure and go and make use of that. Um, and if you have any questions on any of it, do just drop us an email, info at heartsofoak.org, and we'll happily answer or pass you on the right direction. But thank you for tuning in and watching, and we will see you for the next interview. So thank you very much, and goodbye. If you like what we do, Sign up to our mailing list, donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.